Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard Silly Boy by Britty yet, but yo! That's my joy! joy. Hey yo, displace the guilt. What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to an all new episode of the Yo That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, aka John the Revelator, aka Nate 3.0, back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, I sit down for a chat with Matt Pond for a talk about collaborating on his new EP, Call and Response, with Alexa Rose. Uh, We talk about songwriting and making music videos, and we talk about so much more. And that, of course, is coming up in a minute here. But first, hola, my friends. Hope you all survived your Super Bowl pools. Man, what a boring game that was. Until it wasn't. Yo, Usher was on fire. Her absolutely shredded. Alicia and Luda and Will I Am and Little John, they all showed up. And then Taylor's boyfriend got another ring and Beyonce dropped two new songs. What a weekend. It's going to take me a while to truly process all of this content. Jokes aside, shouts out to the Chiefs Kingdom for their victory. Though I do need to point out, Uh, the Eagles beat this team, okay? Uh, It just needed to be said. The Eagles beat this team, the Super Bowl champions. So, uh, uh, whatever. So, a little behind the scenes here, but a lot of times I have multiple episodes worth of conversations in a much smaller span of time. You know, sometimes I record multiple interviews even on the same day. And because of that, there are things that I talk about that find their way into multiple chats because they're on the top of my mind. You know, it's no secret that I've recently been trying to reconcile the effect that music streaming platforms have had on the music industry for both good and for bad. And in these conversations, I find myself talking about the disposableness of music, how before streaming, if you bought an album, you would spend much more time with it because finances were limited. And who knows when you'd be able to buy another record and side tangent here. But one example of this and one of the most Sophie's choice decisions I had to make as a young music fan was the day I needed to decide use your illusion one or use your illusion two. Well, I couldn't afford both on release. You know, I could only buy one of them. And so I bought Use Your Illusion 2, and it was weeks before I ever heard anything off of one. And in retrospect, I think I made the right choice, but who knows? What is the sliding doors world where young Nate was exposed to the original lyrics to Don't Cry as opposed to the alternate that show up on 2? Maybe he hosts a podcast called Yo, That John Sucks. Dark timelines indeed. You know, the concept of spending time with an album comes up again in today's conversation with Matt. And in in talking about this for a while, I've come to realize that, well, I have an active role in this. I'm accountable. Just because all of this music is out there, well, that doesn't mean that I have to be the guy in the distracted boyfriend meme looking over his shoulder at some new album when I have a beautiful album right there holding my hand. 
I just have to show some restraint. You know, just because there's a seemingly bottomless cake of music in front of me, well, it doesn't mean that I have to eat more than one slice at a time. And so this year, I have made a conscious effort to start living with albums again, to spend time with something, regardless of what my first impression is. And I want to share with you two very simple ways I have been doing it, just in case you're interested in returning to a time when albums meant something. Are you ready? The first way you can do this, uh, buy an album. I know, it sounds crazy. Pay for music? But Nate, we pay for Spotify or Apple or Tidal. I get it. It sounds crazy. But guys, buy music. If there's an artist you're interested in, see if they have a Bandcamp page. Go on there and buy a download of the album you want to listen to. Or if they have physical media for sale, pick it up. Not only will you be more likely to stay with the album longer than just clicking it in your streaming app, but you'll be directly supporting the artist in the process. You know, a good time to do this is on the first Friday of every month. Bandcamp does this thing where anything you buy from an artist's page on the first Friday, they waive their percentage that they take, and 100% of that money goes to the artist. It's a beautiful way to support creators. So give it a shot. Okay, that's one way. Here's another. Pick a new album and make it your car album. Remember when you used to put a CD in your car stereo and it would live there for like weeks or maybe even months? Do it again. It doesn't actually have to be physically in your player either. You know, pick an album that you want to experience and for the next week or two, every time you're in the car, just let that one album play on your streaming app of choice. We're not changing the world here, folks. These are two very small changes that you can make to your listening habits to help you spend some more time with a record before clicking on to the next one. Make an effort to spend some time with music. You might unlock something you may have missed in this landscape where we have nearly every single song recorded at our fingertips. And you can hit me up if you want some album recommendations. You're allowed to do that. And you know how to hit me up, right? Best way to do it is to follow me on the socials at Yo That's My John. You know, I say it all the time, but we're on them all. And if you want a one-stop shop to find links to all of the socials, the website, previous episodes of the podcast, etc., etc., go ahead and visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com. And while you are there, sign on up for the mailing list. Get all of the updates delivered directly into your inbox. Do it! All right. On with the show. My guest today is a prolific singer-songwriter who got his start penning songs out of his loft in Philadelphia's Chinatown district. Through 13 albums and countless EPs, his songs have mapped the universal emotions of being alive onto the contours of his own stories through evocative lyrics and lush soundscapes. Having always embraced the spirit of collaboration, his recent project has teamed him up with singer-songwriter Alexa Rose, whose song Wild Peppermint, which makes reference to his song Snow Day, put her on his radar. That collaboration has birthed the beautiful five-song EP Call and Response and a tour that kicks off this Thursday, February 15th in Pittsburgh at Club Cafe. Folks, it is my honor to welcome to the show, Matt Pond. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great Matt Pond. Matt, thank you for joining me on Yo, That's My John. 
Thank you for having me. Awesome. Oh, I'm, I'm super excited to uh, talk to you. I've been listening to, um, I got uh, to preview uh, call and response and it is absolutely phenomenal. So I'm so excited to have this conversation. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, so I always start these things. Uh, I always like to jump in the Wayback Machine and kind of start where it all started. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up. Um, I grew up in northern New Hampshire at first and then moved around New Hampshire a lot. But New Hampshire. What uh, what type of music was like playing around the house? What was music like when you were a kid? Um, it was a lot of my mom listening to a lot of James Taylor and uh, uh, um uh, you know, some Beatles, but like, you know, we were kind of isolated. So there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of new music coming in. You really had to find things and there wasn't, uh, it wasn't just readily available. Yeah. What, uh, what, what was the kind of first thing that, that attracted you? Like, what was your, like, did you always love music or was it? I always loved music. The turning point, And I've said this a few times was I asked my mom to get me the missing you single by John Waite. Uh, when I was really young, and she got Tom Waits swordfish trombones instead, and I was so pissed. But you didn't have a lot of cassettes when you're young, so I had to listen to this, and I was like, "Oh, what what is this music?" And I had to figure it out. So it was like one of the coolest mistakes. Happy accidents, yeah. Um, you, it, you bring up something that's that uh, I've been talking to a lot of people about recently because, like, I got in this uh, large conversation with. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show uh, Switched on Pop. I think so. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. They like break down pop music and kind of talk about themes that have, you know, kind of existed all through music and just kind of take a scholarly approach as uh, uh, on why we like the songs we like. Um, and I got into this conversation about streaming and how streaming has um, kind of changed the landscape, obviously, of music. Um, but what you just mentioned, you know, the the concept of if you bought an, a, a cassette or a CD or something and you didn't like it, well, you were stuck listening to it until you could afford the next thing. And like, I miss that. I miss like that you used to be stuck with something and like you would give something more of a chance than you would now is just like, ah, skip next one. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, totally. I mean, the, how fast you can skip on a stream and how fast, I mean, I loved, I cherished my cassettes. Like there were not that many until I could start really like figuring out, oh, I can work and save my money and buy my music, which is what I did. Um, you know, you had like 20 cassettes and they were just like, you know, in rotation. I mean, I would listen to, I would listen to them all day. Like one thing I would just get, I would sometimes listen to one song. I mean, I still do that sometimes when I want to, I'm like, what is it about this song? You know? Definitely. So. Yeah, I like the 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 relationship with music like you know and 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 that isn't to say that like uh, uh all streaming is bad or anything like that but like just the the longevity of a song uh just feels so fleeting anymore. I mean, for me the other thing is and I don't this isn't just a streaming bash but I like the search and now the search is done for you. So like but then again, you don't you wouldn't I wouldn't be exposed to some of the things uh, so easily back in the day. And in New Hampshire, I was dying for new music. I was dying for anything. So it's cool this way too. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it, like that's exactly what I kind of came to the conclusion of in in my conversation with Charlie from Switched On Pop was just that like I'm not saying streaming's bad. It's just different, you know. It's just a shift in in how we kind of and and trying to learn how to adapt to that, you know. Especially as an old guy, I I, I can't. <laughs> it's new tech. Yeah. Um. So when did you start playing music? Uh, not till late. Not till you know, I. I, you know, was forced into lessons, hated them. I mean, I had piano teachers that would grab your hands and and smash them into place and say no. And so just, uh, I mean, I played French horn a little while and I, for a little while and I loved that. But, you know, as a teenager playing French horn, it didn't seem that cool. Um, and then, you know, I don't know, I was like 18 and I, I was just, you know, staying awkward. It didn't become unawkward and uh i just started playing guitar because i had a lot of time alone and um i liked writing dumb songs i'm i can read music for other instruments i have no idea what i'm doing on guitar it's always like an adventure of like retuning i mean my girlfriend my wife shit (laughs) i do the same thing I uh, can't stand it she's a musician i just take her guitars and tune them wrong and then she's like what are you know what are you doing? So it's just this kind of, um, I, from the beginning, it's just been an, an exploration and I, I keep it that way. I mean, that's a lazy say, way of saying I don't like to learn more, but yeah. You know. Well, that's I, like, I, I'm, I'm a, gu- a guitar player myself, but I, I never like to really say that I'm a guitar player. I just play guitar because like yeah. uh, I, I reached the point where I could like write my own songs and I could play songs out. And then I was like, I'm good enough. Like, I don't I don't need to solo. I don't you know, I'm never going to be able to shred. I'm you know, I might be able to uh, get some cool rhythmic stuff going on. But like, yeah, that's that's as far as I needed it. Yes. Uh, um, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I think of myself as kind of you know, not a singer or a guitar player, but just mostly a songwriter. That's how it seems in my head. Yeah. That's yeah. Follow, you know. Yeah, it tracks. That definitely tracks. Um, so uh how did you end up in Philadelphia? Uh I had no other options or prospects or anything, you know, nothing good was going on for me. And a friend was like, Do you want to start playing music? And I with uh just two, like a suitcase and a bag of, like a trash bag full of clothes, uh, moved to Philadelphia and just kind of worked my way up through the scene and with people and just kind of, and got brave enough to play on stage and play my own songs. And that's slow, long process. <laughs> yeah. Where were, um, can, can you remember uh, the, what venues were, were you uh, oh, frequenting? Gosh, Kyber Pass, we play at Silk City, which now is, doing shows again uh when it was funny i worked at the tin angel uh it was a an old uh like singer songwriter place but we would play there too um we played everywhere it's kind of like and we would play at these like kind of uh folky places but then we'd open for hardcore bands or like we were just kind of this always this in-between band that um would just kind of match up with anyone it was it was fun that way we didn't get stuck uh you know, just kind of speaking the same musical language all the time. We got to experience a lot of different things. 
Yeah, that was, uh, I, I was in, uh, so when, uh, like around 98 and stuff like that, I was still in Western PA. I, uh, I went to school in Western PA, but I, I came home around like 2000, 2002. And like this, the scene around here at that time was like my favorite thing in the world. Like I started playing, I was playing like, uh, I was a big Manny Young uh, player. So I was at the Grape, Grape Street a lot. And, um, uh, but like that, that, that time period, there was just a lot of really good, like, different diverse bands in this area and I just always thought like uh, and a lot that didn't ever uh, you know kind of I don't want to say amount to anything because they created brilliant music but just never really kind of broke you know totally totally every most of the bands did not break uh I think that a little bit of that is like Philly's uh has this kind of chip on its shoulder sensibility and everyone was accused of selling out back then and uh and internally the same with me so it's kind of this you know uh shoot yourself in the foot thing which just sucks because it just it should have and one of the reasons i moved, and i don't mean to shit on philly i love philly no, <laughs> but i moved to new york because it felt like you could be a little bit more ambitious and i wish that in that time now there are so many amazing bands now uh in philly and and there were then like i think there was this band Marah that was doing really well um and they were great but they moved to new york too i think it just felt a little bit it was like rocky syndrome like mm-hmm. uh, you know i don't know i love that town that's where i wrote most of the music that I, the music that i loved the most i lived in a loft in chinatown for 900 dollars a month and it was fifteen thousand square feet and uh you know, just had crazy parties and we would rehearse and drink massive amounts of coffee. And uh, it was the most kind of band uh, inclusive time that I had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is funny because like it was kind of cutthroat, like it was like every man for themselves back then. And now the scene that's here now, like everybody is so supportive of each other, like it almost confuses me. Um, but I think <laughs> but I, but I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that. Like I and it's it's great. I think that there's just a realization that it was less of a competition. It felt like, you know, I mean, everyone grew up in their high school, there was a battle of the bands and that battle of the bands carried over until people realized it wasn't worth it anymore. You know? So I just think it probably was the same everywhere, Uh, but it still was a scene and it was cool. And I I miss those times of scenes because we would play around the country and, and see the scenes in every city back then. And now there are scenes, but it's kind of, it's not as like, like you had to go and to see to hear music, you had to go see it live, you know, a lot of the time. It wasn't on a phone or something. So yeah. it was kind of cool in that sense. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you know, you, you, you put the kind of, uh, you, you put the music out and you put the outfit together and, and, and I have to, uh, there's this, there's this question that I've been dying to ask you is, um, there seems to be, um, uh, a, a come to a come home, uh, to going back under Matt Pond PA, which also seemed to be for a very short period of time something that you were trying to distance yourself from um, as a name. Um, I think it's always, yeah, it's been hard to. I don't love saying my name and then the band name, and I get confused in that, and that's always been confusing. But it's kind of also how people know me. So um, 
we did an album with Bella Union and it felt different. And uh, Simon Raymond's a cool guy and we talked about it and we we're like, let's just do something different. So we did that and it was a band and, um, but it kind of, you know, it confuses people and it even confuses me. And um, there are principles of what, what, <laughs> it's hard to say myself, my name in the third person. I get but it. What, but what Matt Pompier is to me is actually just a looser form of collaboration, but it's heavy on collaboration. It's like, so when we, when I was kind of like, you know what, for the rest of time, what I've decided to do is be myself and be in the band that I started in. And so the way to kind of get back into that um, was to work with Alexa and kind of do something like outside and collaborative and uh, um, to make the CP and then kind of just keep seeing how far we can take collaboration. Yeah. You know, you, you, I'm, I'm the perfect segue too. Uh, I'm glad you uh, brought up Alexa Rose, um, who is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, know, it's great. I can't uh, believe he decided to do this with us. So, you know, it's cool. <laughs> it's super incredible. Um, how did that collaboration come about? She, I heard this song. I was, you know, uh, it's hard not to get down on yourself a little bit when you make music. Cause I mean, I'm my own, I'm the worst critic of myself of anybody there is in, and I've had critics, <laughs> um, but uh, it was just this kind of thing, this laser, like I heard her song Wild Peppermint and I'm listening. And then all of a sudden I hear my, like she name drops Matt Pompier. And I just was like, it's it like still gives me the chills that someone would kind of um, like see you like that, like see you in a song. Uh, and there's nothing like it. There's like, you know, I've, I've done some cool stuff, but there was like a real sudden lightning bolt thrill to that. And, you know, I sat on it for a while and then I thought, you know, maybe she'd want to sing on something of mine or maybe we could work on something. And we just, we talked and we got along and we, she didn't hate the songs I sent her. So, and she brought some songs back to life that I hadn't planned. Like I was like, you know, what I always do when I work with people, unfortunately, is like, oh, like, you know, I'll send one song and then I'll send like a hundred. <laughs> and and she wasn't overwhelmed. She's been cool. We're doing this tour. Uh, it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And it, the, the results are absolutely phenomenal. Like it's almost like um, you guys were meant to collaborate together. It kind of feels like because like what she brings to your songs um, is stuff that's kind of always been there, but kind of elevates it in a way. I don't know exactly how to explain it, like, sure. but it just sounds great. There's always been more room for harmony, uh, and she's brilliant at harmony. And then, like, her harmonies on Bittersweet Symphony uh, sound to me like Angel Olsen. I mean, and her singing on the song St. Lou that I had written for another friend, like she just took it and made it her own. She's just got this like kind of quiet power that, you know, I feel like my voice just like, oh. it was like a bulldozer and you just throw it at a song where she's kind of this, this um, a little more sophisticated and fills in the spaces way better than, than I could even imagine. I always like to occasionally uh, give my guests um, uh, 
unsolicited advice. Uh, and and oh, yeah. here's 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 mine for you. You guys should do a split seven inch with uh, you doing Wild Peppermint and her doing Snow Day. Well, hopefully, I mean that's cool. We're hopefully <laughs> we're going to uh, sing collaborate on Wild Peppermint. It's um, and hopefully we're going to sing songs from the EP, obviously live. Uh, it's all a matter of seeing how it works when we rehearse and everything. And the trouble is, is the winter, like like we had a rehearsal and a, a whole shoot planned and stuff. And that last storm destroyed that plan. And, and there was only so much time. So it's just kind of like we're going to kind of figure this out in real time. But I, I would love to do that. I just don't. I don't want to ask for too much. So sure. I'll, you know, like I feel, I feel greedy sometimes. Like let's do, you know, I love plans though. So I'm going to keep that plan in my pocket. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Um, so the, um, the, the EP, uh, you know, you, you said that you ended up sending like hundreds of songs that kind of, um, uh, uh, how did you settle on just these five? Like what was the, it was kind of a we both chose, but she chose this song Halloween too that I hadn't I hadn't thought of in a while and I didn't see as um, as viable and she loved it so and then that really kind of opened that like brought me back to our older songs which is cool because I sometimes you know I'm like oh I can do better so I just keep moving forward and I don't look back and I I uh, it's cool to have someone make these connections for you like your suggestion is cool and like everything that she brought to the uh to the recording of the stuff was was really cool it was kind of like um i had to take a minute and absorb what she was saying rather than just say something back quickly which is my you know which is what i usually do <laughs> yeah and uh, uh, you meant you also mentioned uh, "Bittersweet Symphony." Uh, how did how did you come around to choosing that as as a song to to cover? I mean, if there's probably my John of all time, is <laughs> that song. I mean, the video is crazy for it. Richard Ashcroft is nuts. I don't know how he was allowed to be like he just seems like a jerk, but he's brilliant and. And there's just something about the song. It's just, he's just real in a lot of ways where, and it's just, to me, uh, hits me right in the core, uh, everything about it. Um, it always has. I mean, I feel a little uh, self-conscious covering a song like that um, because you don't want to make it worse. <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're doing, you're, you're like, you're messing with your dreams. Uh, so uh, it, it makes me a little self-conscious, but I love what she added to it. And I love that she like, I brought it up and she was like, I love this idea. And then we just sit, we're sitting and playing it together and it sounded great. So we just did it. That's incredible. And you've got an amazing music video for it uh, out with uh, Nikki <laughs> Glaser. Uh, how did, how did uh, reaching out to her to get the video done? How did that come about? Uh, I, I work with and for Nikki. Uh, I tour manager. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And she's a good friend and I'll ask her to do crazy things or if she's up for it and sometimes she'll say yes. And so, you know, she's, she's pretty brilliant. It's, it's, it's kind of a dream, dream gig if, cause I love her comedy and I love her as a friend. So, I mean, you know, as long as I don't screw up, everything's cool. 
It's awesome. And and the, like the, the concept of the video, uh, for those who haven't seen it, uh, is uh, walking from the green room to the stage uh, for the duration of the song. And like it adds, um, I, and I don't know if this is something that everybody kind of experiences, but like there is a bit of melancholy uh, in that walk every, you know, oh, when sure. you, you know, and like, I feel like it perfectly kind of captures that kind of just that, that like, it's kind of like walking the green mile almost at times, like walking to your death, you know? I mean, she's, she's never that uh, upset about it. She's a total pro, but I know that um, uh, I know that it's for me, uh, I'm so excited sometimes, but then you're, yeah, you're just, and then you're terrified and then you wonder whether, I mean, my walks aren't usually that long. I'm not playing huge theaters. <laughs> um, but when you have, when we've opened for people and when we've, you know, had that kind of walk, it's, uh, yeah, you, a lot, a lot of stuff goes through your mind unless you're just, you know, keeping in the now, which is, that is, uh, I don't want to sound like a guru or a, uh anything but this year is about staying in the now it always was but this year i'm like i better stay in the now or else you know that's so crazy i i like it so 2023 i had this whole thing where i i was like 2023 is 2020 me i'm doing it right so like i put all these plans together and i exceeded every single thing i ever thought i was going to do last year professionally and uh, uh uh personally i got married last year Oh, congrats. Um, Me too. That, oh, congrats to you as well. <laughs> um, and uh, so then 2024 came around and like I just I, I decided that this year I just wanted to be like like you said, like in the now and like I'm not trying to plan anything. I'm just I'm just like, let me see what the world throws at me. And I'm excited to adapt and uh, attack all of it. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, there is some, unfortunately, like about releases and about setting things up, some pre-planning uh, and and getting out of the now. But for the most part, like I'm like, OK, I'm going to try to enjoy I'm going to enjoy this tour. I'm going to just take it as it comes and um, and then just move on to the next one and next thing. And I don't know. I'm hoping yeah. it's working now. That's right awesome. Now. Um, so, uh, tour starts in Pittsburgh, right? Um, it does. Yeah. and, uh, uh, the, um, what, what are, are you touring a full band or this is two guitars and, uh, cello, uh, and then, uh, Alexa and I will join each other for a few songs, uh, with, with the two other people, I think it's every detail hasn't been figured out, but yeah, a full band would kind of smash over the, some of the stuff we're trying to do and like vocally, I think it would make it difficult. Yeah. So tour starts in Pittsburgh and then ends here in Philadelphia at Johnny Brenda's. Um, uh, what a you've played Johnny Brenda's countless times before. Um, just a brilliant room. I just saw, um, Tim and, uh, strands of strand of Oaks, uh, uh there the, um, uh, last month. And, uh, he debuted his new, his new album. And, uh, it's, uh, it's really, really incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. There, he's from Philly, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, so the, uh, are you planning, uh, song, um, sorry, music videos for the rest of the songs? Cause you've got, uh, three videos right now. So you, you might as well, I'm a completist. <laughs> uh, 
we're working on one. It kind of got screwed up by that storm. So we had to last minute, like Alexa was coming. She couldn't make it. Um, we were going to an island with a lighthouse. We couldn't get out there. So we kind of had to do this. Well, what are we doing? And so it was this last minute, like as if we were. Uh, yeah. So we just threw everything we could at the wall and uh, we're working on to see what what will come out of it. So it's just kind of like. Does this make sense? It's basically, yeah, but it's for side eye rolls. Oh, yeah. excellent. That's my favorite song in the EP. So I'm glad yeah, to hear that. Mine too, if if I can pick between children. Yes. <laughs> it's tough. It is tough. Um, so here's another question. Uh you, you know, you mentioned uh giving Alexa hundreds of songs after the floodgates open and all. Um uh you are incredibly prolific. Like uh where like have you ever kind of taken a break? Uh, I just like writing songs. Uh, sometimes I don't love recording them, but I'm trying to just kind of not think about it anymore. And I'm going to start recording myself soon to kind of get to the heart of it better. Um, I think uh, I'm t I'm taking a tangent, if you don't mind. Go for uh, it. The tangent is that, like, I think sometimes we... we uh, I, I love record like I love recording and I love making records, but I think sometimes we you work things so much you kind of lose a little bit of that snap to it. So the reason why Side Eye Rolls, why I love that song, is that's a first take, live take in the studio singing live with a band. And I had no idea that we were gonna use that. Like I expected to come back to it and sing it um later. And then it's just like, well, this doesn't sound bad. And it actually sounds good. It sounds like and then I was like, oh, and then it kind of opened this this whole new concept to me that um, we might be sterilizing what we're doing. Self-criticism, see? Mm -hmm. we're trying to learn a lesson from it, um, um, from all this home recording. Songwriting. I don't love anything else more than that. Like, I just wrote a song right before uh, I got on the podcast with you. Uh, and it, I love it. Like, I love it. Um, like it has like something that I've never done. So it's just like, I mean, it's a minute long so far, but I'm like, okay, you know, and that's now the rest of the day is kind of perfect and I don't have to worry about anything. I mean, I'm not rich and, uh, you know, but I, I got that, you know. I love it. Yeah, there, there's, there's something really magical about that first time when, like, when, when you lock a song, like, when, when it, like, finally starts click, clicking, and like, I, I don't know if it's the same way for you, but like, once, once I find like the heart of it, and then it all just like spews out, like, at that, that moment, it, there's, there's nothing better than it. So when you say that made your day, like the rest of the day, like, I completely, completely relate to that. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, uh, the um, other, the other thing that uh, just uh, this week it'll be in the past for everybody else who's listening to this, but um, you released the music video for Fairly um, twenty some twenty two years later. Uh, how did that happen? Um, we just forgot to turn it in. I mean, you know, I didn't like that was the thing. We didn't treat anything as if it was. We didn't have any kind of concept of what we were doing at all. We played shows and recorded and drank a lot of beer and coffee. And that was, that was being in a band. And so we did a video and we were kind of like, eh, 
And then I forgot about it. And my friend Jen, I wrote to her and I was like, uh, remember that? Do we? And so they just sent it to me and I decided why not put it out there? You know, not a big deal, but but weird to see uh, to see that time and my old bandmates, you know. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. wild too because like uh uh of like it's not like you um put away or or forgot about a um like a a video that kind of um like a concept driven thing or something like like it feels like it feels like someone found old footage and edited it together instead of being something that was kind of created. Like it kind of is beautiful in in the way that it it's now released 20 later you know 20 years later yeah it does it kind of seems like found footage i see what you're saying yeah it looks like you know like this was just captured and and uh and maybe that's why it didn't work at the time maybe it needed a little time to <laughs> a long time to gestate or something i don't know uh, it it's cool yeah, yeah it's fun i don't think it was fun for me to look at then it's fun for me to look at now uh or i don't sit and look at it for too long but it wasn't it's not like gut-wrenching you know it was yeah. gut-wrenching to, to shoot videos or to do photos back in the day I was always like what do I do with my hands you know like do I do this <laughs> or you know what do I do uh so you know now it just I don't care as much I think it's Which awesome is, yeah it's so cool, um, which which is also uh, funny because like uh, I I feel like um, your presence in uh, the Imagine Everything video is just so joyous and strong. Like the, that that there was a time when you didn't want to be in front of that camera. Kind of um, uh, just doesn't translate at times, you know. Like uh, the what we love doing in videos. What I love doing in videos is doing something kind of ridiculous that's also fun to do. So if the process is like fun, it doesn't feel like you're trying to like, to do something, you know, to pop a wheelie in front of anyone. It's just what you're doing. We're just having a good time. And, um, and that's really, you know, it's just with, with everything, that's kind of how I, I want it to be. I mean, not everything is fun, when we were shooting the side eye rolls video, it's it's freezing out, and we're trying to do these dingling things, but um, it's still kind of cool. You know? Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, so uh, I don't I don't know if it was sent to you, but at this time, you want to go through the jauntlet. These are my st my questionnaire that I ask everyone. I think you... I can handle it. I mean, if I if I get uh, if my brain stops working. Just bear with me. Yeah, no problem at all. No problem at all. It starts with the starts with the one hit wonders, and these are you just picking favorites. Is a uh, uh, first one Billy Joel or Elton John? Who do you prefer? I mean, it used to be Elton John, but now Billy Joel. Like weirdly, like there's like I, but I like both of them. Um, they're not my top artists, but right now I'm going with Billy Joel. Yeah, it's it's weird the phases that we go through through life because like uh, uh you know some of these like you know kind of like you said like my entire life I would have ha answered one way and then you know now later in life I'm like oh wait a minute like uh, maybe this was a, a blind spot of mine. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, number two, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? Uh, Joan Jett. Excellent. Excellent. 
Uh, I just uh, rewatched uh, Light of Day with her and uh, Michael J. Fox and uh, the movie. Oh, that's cool. I've never seen that. I've wanted to see that. It's good. It, it's 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 pretty good. It's um, uh, the uh, I, I remembered it as a, like there's a bit of nostalgia in in watching it, um, but like uh, they uh, they they uh, they made a really interesting film. I'll just put it that way. That's cool. I mean, you know, she has just this kind of natural presence. I saw her doing an interview about, um, gosh, when she was younger, and she just she just has a realness to her that it just like really hit home for me you know even as kind of made up and glammed out a little bit she just was a very uh real performer yeah and that's how she is in the movie like it, it, like i, I don't want to say that she's like a phenomenal actress she's not a terrible actress um but but her realness comes through in the character and Ooh. it's necessary so like it, it just makes it just such a believable character um you should check it out <laughs> I will. I will. It's, there's. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to alert the authorities to piracy. But there. There may be a full copy on uh, YouTube right now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, number three, uh, Aretha Franklin or uh, Tina Turner. Aretha Franklin. Uh, nothing against these other choices because Debbie Harry and Tina Turner are. Uh, are you? Do you swear? Or do you prefer? Yeah. People no. Know? Yeah. You're good. Uh, both are fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> but like. Um, I've never, I've never loved a man the way that I love you. Uh, like, I think it's an album uh, or uh, was one uh, thing that I taped from someone's uh, album and had on a cassette and just kind of um, would practice singing like Aretha Franklin very badly uh, when I was alone so much when I was younger. And I loved it. I loved it. It really got to me. That's unbelievable. The um, well, I don't, I don't know if you follow. Uh, uh, WXPN just did a um, eight hundred and eighty five greatest songs by women countdown, and um, number one was uh, Aretha Franklin, Respect. And uh, for the first time in maybe maybe my entire life, I don't know. Like, there's these songs that are just you know in the zeitgeist and that that you know and you hear all the time and you you know are like the greatest. But for the first time, I like just sat and listened to it um on uh, on like really good speakers and what just an incredible production and performance on that song like it's just unbelievable yeah yeah there's and then there's also when she's playing piano and there's this kind of cosmic connection between her and her piano playing um there you know it's 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 heavy like that is soulful that's i you know uh, I, never will that be come from me, but anyone who, you know, if there could be anyone else who does that, I will, I will take it 100%. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, the next one, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Uh, I, Stevie Nicks. Uh, yeah. Stevie yeah. Nicks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the big cliche one, the Beatles or the Stones? You know, I cannot choose between this, and it's for two different reasons. I will not choose. The Beatles were everything about growing up, and I was always had this kind of anti-Rolling Stones thing. But the Rolling Stones are the sloppiest but best connected band 
of all time. I mean, talk about that's another like so like whatever engine it is in their rhythm between um uh Nikki actually took us to a Stones concert just a couple of years ago in St. Louis, which was, you know, it's crazy. They're so old, but it was still amazing. Anya, my wife, was crying. Like it was like it was intense. It was really great. So I will not choose on this one. I don't know if that's not allowed. I mean, no, it's I get- a completely valid and respected. Um, yeah, no, like I feel like um, I, I, I talked to uh, the, years ago, I talked to Questlove about this, but like Charlie Watts, I feel like was what tied that that sloppiness together like he was just like a human metronome and like and like just could keep that pocket no matter where anybody else kind of wanted to kind of slide with it uh there was they did a tribute to him that was short but so intense because he had died um and and then the drummer i can't remember his name he wasn't great at the beginning of the set and slowly got better like whatever was happening he was getting into is figuring it out. And it was really cool to see that, to kind of, you know, it's not, it's the songs are great, but it's not kind of locking in. And then it starts to lock in and you, it was amazing. Like, they're just like any other band. They're just a band, you know? Yeah. Crazy, you know? Yeah, absolutely cool. Uh, the last one of the one hit wonders, Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? <laughs> I have this rule if, if Stairway to Heaven comes on in the car or or Hotel California, you can't turn it off. You have to endure it. I like those songs are fine. But Bohemian Rhapsody, though, you know, kind of oversaturated, both songs oversaturated. I really that song is just kind of insane and magical. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, 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 the the uh, I, every once in a while, kind of like the, what I was saying with the with uh, Aretha and respect. Every once in a while, it's a song that I like to just sit and listen to on headphones, and I don't like I don't understand how it exists. I really don't. Yeah, Freddie Mercury is insane. I mean, uh, Ryan May, like it's just. I mean, and then you can't. <laughs> I love Led Zeppelin a lot too. So I, it's, these are hard choices, you know. Definitely. You know, it's funny you just mentioned Brian May. I just saw a clip that Guitar World posted. I don't know if it was new or old, but it's uh, Brian May and uh, Tommy Iommi uh, talking about uh, Tommy writing the uh, riff to Paranoid. And so Tommy's like noodling on the riff and Brian May is like, I'm just, I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to join in. And I'm like, hope you don't mind. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, The next section is the top 10 countdown. And of course, in this, we use John to be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be music. It can be anything you want it to be. And it starts with number one, the first John. What were you first obsessed with when you were a kid? This is a tough one because I was thinking about it and, uh, I don't want to sound sad, but I was a lonely kid. So <laughs> um, I, uh, gosh, what was like the first, I found it was a copy of Sergeant Pepper's probably that like, uh, you know, we found it in, in an attic from a place that my parents had rented and I kind of uh, held on to it and kept anyone from, else from listening to it and was obsessed with it and just thought it was, crazy all the things that they would think of putting on a musical recording so that's probably my first obsession beautiful answer i love it uh number two what's your current john what are you into right now uh i love this band jockstrap i i 
they don't sound anything like their name. Um, uh, it's it's kind of like electronic music with almost mashed with classical music, um, and but weird, but not weird. Like just then a beautiful song or something um, mixed in with it, and uh, I want to see them live more than anything. I think that that would be magical. Uh, so that's my yeah. That's awesome. I got to I got to look that up as soon as yeah. uh, we get out of I, this. I turned uh, Pam onto that and uh and you know I I you know my listening is sometimes a little I get focused on working on songs I should be listening to more stuff so she's always telling me great things to listen to and I was just like well there's this one thing that really really gets to me and 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 she loves it too so That's awesome. Yeah uh through the uh through the podcast I've uh I clearly uh had to start listening to more music than I used to yeah. ever in my life uh and 2023 was the mo- like easily the most amount of music I've ever listened to ever and um um a lot of it's really good. Like there's a lot of really good music out right now and it's really exciting to know like that that people are creating good stuff. Yeah. I did a I did a uh, um uh, a top 30 albums of 2023 that originally was my top 10 and then I just couldn't stop like I was just like oh but what about and then it just snowballed. <laughs> um number 3 what was your first concert what was the first live show you ever saw? Please. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I mean my dad put on a festival of the arts in northern New Hampshire. That was cool. It had like Taj Mahal and the Preservation Jazz Hall Band and then orchestras and ballets. It was this crazy thing. So I can't tell which was my first, first one. But the first one I went to with some um, dumb friends, you know, in in high school to see as a reunion show was a squeeze show. And it was really cool. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, Number four, what was the last concert you saw? That's tough. Like I, we're. I'm so bummed. I was supposed to see Caroline Rose this week, but we have to. Um, she's playing this little place in uh, nearby, solo and small room, and I was so excited. But we have to work. Oh uh, no! So uh, that's a bummer. Um, but I think it was Wilco, and I can't remember when. But it was like last year, sometime. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was my, my favorite show of last year was, uh, I got to, um, you know, they opened the Atlantis in DC, uh, attached to the nine thirty that's supposed to be like the original nine thirty. It's like a four fifty seat room. And I got to see, uh, Jeff, uh, solo acoustic there and it was, uh, otherworldly. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, there's just so much when you see a show, it's like, fuck, I forgot that song. It's so, you know, it's like, they just, they have these kind of, you wouldn't call them hits, but I guess they're hits. They just, and they hit. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number five, what was your favorite concert? What was your favorite show you ever saw? Uh, Jarvis Cocker, uh, solo. Uh, his stage presence is kind of, and his body, <laughs> so crazy. And he drew eyes on his hands and he came out with his uh, hands covering his his eyes with these eyes on his hands it was it just kind of took me out of myself um, there was one there was one patty smith show that did kind of the same thing and one 
Yola Tango show that did the same thing. Um, like what, when I realize I'm at a show that's amazing, oh, and a Kate LeBond show that was here, that was where I'll do something like this and I'll be like, what am I doing? Like, I'll be like, <laughs> yes. And you know, you're, you're almost uh, like, you feel religious about it. And it's, it's kind of cool, but so embarrassing to be almost like, you know, drooling or just kind of like in awe of, of what you're seeing. I love that. Yeah. Uh, not my, not my favorite concert of all time, but my favorite concert moment of all time, like I can pinpoint was, uh, the very first time you, we were just talking about Wilco, the very first time I saw Wilco perform impossible Germany live and it got to the crescendo of the, the, uh, guitar mini outro. And I was literally in tears. Like I was just like, (laughs) this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, we Anya and I were just talking about like I was like sometimes I don't know if I love the crescendo but I really do but like you know is like because uh, that song um, just gets to me every time but we we're just discussing the crescendo now I totally agree with you but I like to kind of be like what if it was different you know what if it didn't do it there and what if it was long uh, stupid crazy pointless <laughs> conjecture. Well- the 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 only reason that like it, I feel like it moves me is because there's a payoff. Like if it were just a crescendo with no payoff, like I think I might I might like revolt. <laughs> but so that's the thing I was talking about. I was like, is the payoff too positive? Does this story have a happy ending? And I was like, no, because they go back to the the very first riff at the end. So I was like, oh, this makes total sense. But I love kind of pulling a song apart until it's just kind of you think about every little part. I mean, I'm probably overthinking it. <laughs> no, I love it. That's a, that's actually really interesting. You know, he uh, he performed that solo acoustic and it just like it's it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And it just didn't hit the same because I was just like, I mean, without Nels, why are we doing this? Why are we here? Like <laughs> <laughs> That 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 seems true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number six, who have you never seen live that you wish you would have? They can be living or dead. Uh, it would be like, uh, I don't mean to get on a Britpop thing, but it probably that that music really affected me a lot. So it would be Pulp or Blur. Uh, I, you know, very moved by the music and by the kind of just the the vernacular, uh, the way of like lyrical vernacular, the way of kind of having so much depth. Like I love, I still love listening to Pulp and Blur. Blur's record from last year I mean, I'm going to use this for another answer, <laughs> but it was probably my top record for last year. That's incredible. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, number seven, name an unappreciated John, something you wish had more attention to it. Uh, I mean, I would probably say Alexa Rose. Uh, she's, you know, I don't mean to, you know, shout out what we're doing, but it's true. I kind of, uh, I think if people listen to her music, they'd be blown away. I 100% will co-sign that. Like, uh, um, it's it, it, like I I wasn't uh, she wasn't even on my radar um, until the EP came through, and then I went back, and it was like like this EP was like a double blessing because not only is this amazing, but it turned me on to somebody who is absolutely incredible. For sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, number eight. What's your favorite album? I mean, that's hard. Like. Double Nickels on the Dime is, is, uh, Minutemen was always like, uh, like that was another one, like 
it just showed me what you could do with music and how, you know, they're considered punk, but it doesn't feel punk. I mean, that or uh, Asia by Steely Dan. <laughs> I'm a big Steely Dan fan. I mean, that's kind of, uh, it's not a secret, but I don't like to to put that on people too much, you know? Because if someone's not into it, because if I'm driving and anything is bad, you know, give me Asia and I'll I'll get through it. And um, but other people aren't always into that, and I don't want to bum anyone out. <laughs> I was just uh, I just mentioned uh, this uh, recently um, that um, uh, I made the mistake one day of uh, focusing too hard on um, Michael McDonald's background vocals in Peg. And now it's the only thing I hear. Well, like once I, you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. You can't, like, and there, it's brilliant. And it, I love how they talk about when when he's talking about it, like how he ha how close he had to sing to his own harmony. And he's like, it's impossible. And they just kept making me do it over and over again. <laughs> and also, three years ago, saw uh, Steely Dan at SPAC, another greatest, like, you know, and it was kind of like, the the makeup on stage and the way it was set up it was like pretty simple they had backup singers a very tight horn section um guitar player bass player uh whatever uh no no walter uh but uh but it felt like stop making sense or something it was like everything you could hear everything and it was like this kind of i shouldn't compare these two things cuz it's like but it just was this kind of uh transformative journey through their music and uh um yeah i loved it that's incredible that's absolutely incredible um much like michael mcdonald's uh, uh background vocals it's the same way with um the one day that i uh, hyper focused on uh yoko's background vocals on happy xmas war is over and now yeah. i don't even hear the children there's no children <laughs> um number nine name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they put out uh i mean there's so many you know, it's kind of like you have this uh, eternal faith. Probably Blur is one, like, um, but there's so many. I mean, I really like Faye Webster right now. Uh, uh, she, like, there's something in her, it's just, she just has such a sound, even just in her voice, but then in the way everything that she does kind of has just this slow groove. Um, it's very cool. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, the 10th and final of the top 10 countdown. What is your favorite John of all time? Can be anything you want it to be. That's impossible. This is an impossible question. Um, because, you know, it could be something as simple as Tender by Blur or Bohemian Rhapsody or, you know, I, I can't answer this question. I almost have to like, I feel like I'd be betraying too many songs to choose one. But like, um you know deacon blues uh the dog disagrees with me you know but i mean there's so many things to choose from and there's so many things that that hit you that you need and and that you'll never let go of and 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 that's like a like you can't this is a a brutal question but i like it so but thank you
I respect it. I respect it. Um, so uh, the EP call and response uh, out on January twentieth, and um, the the tour starting on the fifteenth in Pittsburgh. Um, do do you think this is uh, the beginning of uh, a beautiful friendship? Like, uh, do you think you guys will collaborate some more? Uh, you know, it's just it's just timing, and all this stuff breaks down to weird. Uh, it's just logistics, like if she has time and if we have time and if there is a snowstorm doesn't get in our way, maybe we'll do it. But I also think that, you know, she's probably got an album to work on and we're working on stuff. So hopefully we'll work together again, but I don't want to, um, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to jinx it. I'm just open to anything. pretty much. I, I love it. I love it. If uh, these cool cats and kittens who listen to the show want to track down uh, you, uh, what's the best way to find any information about you? I mean, just our, our very simple website. It's, um, just just mattpompier.com. That's easy. I mean, you know, all the social stuff, but my stuff is a little confusing because I've been a couple of bands. So I don't know. It's any search of the Internet probably will get you there. Yeah, and I'm not good at sending like I'm self promotion. I'm the worst, but I I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me. This has been really cool. Well, thank you uh, for not just for coming on the show and talking to me, but for just an incredible uh, life's work of music. Like you, you just create um, absolutely beautiful sonic pieces, and uh, I uh, absolutely appreciate that and appreciate you coming on here. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you want to come to a show, let me know and we'll put you on the list. My thanks again to Matt for joining me on the show today. His latest EP, Call and Response, recorded with Alexa Rose, is out now on all streaming services and is available on CD and can be purchased by visiting his website, www.mattpondpa.com. And you can find him on the socials at mattpondpa. His tour with Alexa kicks off this Thursday, February 15th in Pittsburgh and concludes Saturday, February 24th here in Philly at Johnny Brenda's. Tickets are available through his website. Links to all of those, as always, are in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And guys, it is never too late to get yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for the link tree with links to articles, merchandise, all of the previous episodes of this podcast, guest appearances on other pods, and more. And while you are there, be sure to sign up on our mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight to your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter X at yo that's my John and search yo that's my John on YouTube to find the yo that's my John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you will once again join me for the next Blue Skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be measured. You ain't being judged. You won't get a score. So what the fuck? Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. 
Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Maggie Poulos, Dan Drago, Natalie Runkle, and the beautifully vibrant and wickedly stunning Katie Dogney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yothatsmyjohn at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials at yothatsmyjohn. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Tilt your head back and shout to the world, Yo, that's my John.